All right. Episode three, ready to go. We are talking about poor man's covered calls today with Randolph once again, and we're going to just kind of dive in and talk about what you should know about poor man's covered calls, how they work, give you some examples, and then give some real world examples on top of the examples that we give you. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk about poor man's covered calls. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, first thing, um, we're basically the poor man's covered call, poor man's covered call is a strategy that you use with a diagonal screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- this is the technical word. Poor man's cover calls a street word. It's like the other words that they use, but it's a diagonal spread. Uh, we've talked about vertical spreads, debit spreads, and, and credit spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into the calendar spread. Now we're going to talk about diagonal. A diagonal spread is when you're um, you're buying a a call or a put. It could be a, a put spread or, or a call spread. You're buying a call uh, with a further out expiration, with a long out expiration, but then you're selling a higher strike close to, with a closer expiration. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say, and it's a very either, uh, if it's a call, if it's a diagonal call spread, it's a bullish, very bullish strategy. And if it's a diagonal put spread, it's a very bearish strategy. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're a fan of Apple, and you feel that it's going to, to, to get to a certain level, let's say $140 by July 16th. And you decide that you wanna buy that call for July 16th. Now to lower your cost uh, for, for that expense, you sell a $145 call closer uh, with a closer expiration. Let's say June 18th, you'll say that it won't reach 145 by June 18th, but it'll reach one, um, 140 by July 16th. So by doing that strategy, you're collecting premiums from the, sh- the short leg, which is the sell to open leg, mm-hmm. and using that towards buying the call on the long leg, which is the buy to, buy to open leg. Uh, so if we have, I have the screen there, um, I can show it with the, let's, we were talking about Apple. Mm-hmm. So let's now. A lot of times you can buy you can buy whatever strike you want, but the main thing with that strategy that you have to remember is that you, the leg that you're going to be selling to open has to be higher than the leg that you're buying to open. Further out, so if you buy, yeah. Further out, but because if you buy a, a way out of the money call, you won't be able to get premiums for selling the further out of the money call. Mm-hmm. So. It's a strategy where you have to look at buying a an at the money call or maybe one strike out of the money. That way you'll be able to sell calls against it, which is going to lead us into the poor man's covered call strategy. So for example, we're putting up Apple here and let's say we're bullish on Apple and we decide that July 16th, um, Apple is what at 122 and we say, okay, Apple's gonna reach 125 by July 16th. So we buy, the 125 call expiring July 16th, and then we can sell to open. Actually, we can sell to open. This is the buy call right here. Mm-hmm. We sell to open the 130 call for June for June 18th. By doing that, so you can have a visual. By doing that, you're collecting 
premium from the 130 leg and you're applying it to the 125 leg, which gives you a net debit of 329. Yep. And that net debit is stemming from the leaps option that you purchased. Yes. So yes. each time that you're selling those calls, you are in essentially reducing how much you paid for that leaps and that is called reducing your cost basis which is how much money you put into that position originally that is correct so um personally there's 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 people that will use that strategy and just sell it at the expiration date um, at that peak there where you see that the peak would be at 396 dollars that's where your short leg would expire but personally i think that's a very positional strategy where you can use it either bullishly or if you are bearish for example on tesla these days you could do a a, a diagonal spread on tesla where you're selling a close uh, an out of the money put and you're buying a closer uh, a closer strike mm-hmm. for that put. so basically you're, you're 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 instead of just buying a put all willy-nilly you can actually sell against it and lower your cost and at the time that you have this the sell to order open you're collecting data and it's allowing you to sit and wait it's not it's not um you're not getting crushed with iv you're not getting crushed with data because you're collecting that on the front end on the leg that expiring the students yeah absolutely and so a lot of people may wonder okay so what is a poor man's covered call and how does it work? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. A poor man's covered call, just to break it down into layman's terms, because I know there's people that are just listening to the podcast and not actually watching the video. You are purchasing a LEAPS option contract. Now, mm-hmm. when you're buying that LEAPS option contract, you are looking for, ideally, most uh, you know traders who are... Uh, worth their weight in salt, right? They really know what they're doing. They're looking for a 70 delta. And the reason why is because we want to be nestled deeply in the money. When we're selling up or opening up a poor man's covered call, we're trying to make money on both sides, okay? So we're selling to open a short-term option contract. Ideally, um, it varies from person to person, but for me, I'm looking for a 25 to a 20 delta, meaning that we talked about Delta last episode, but meaning that I have a 80 to a 75% chance of that option contract expiring completely worthless if I allowed it to. So if we think about it, we have a positive 70 Delta on our leaps and we have a negative 20 Delta on our sold to open um, short term call contract. So what does that mean? Well, it means if the stock goes up a dollar, right? that we would gain 70, but we would lose 20. And so ultimately we are net only going up 50. But if the stock drops a dollar, instead of us losing a full 70, we only lose 50 because that $20 that we collect from our short-term call that we sold is going to offset some of that loss. So it's a leaps contract with the 70 Delta and it's a short-term sold to open call contract with a 25 or a 20 Delta or whatever it is, whatever probability you see fit. Correct. Boom. So basically, yes. So basically um, there's different methods that people use. Um, they'll buy an out of the money call, they'll buy an, an at the money call, but I've tried different strategies. And for me, the 
the one that I think works the best. And this is after looking at, because leaps are very popular these days. I see people getting into leaps all the time. I've spoken to Hunter about this before, where um, people have gotten into Apple leaps for 2023 and Tesla leaps for 2022 and RK leaps for 2022 and 2023 and all that stuff. But um, I've noticed that a lot of times they buy way out of the money leaps. Once you once you get yourself into a way out of the money, a ten delta, a fifteen delta, way out of the money leaps. Yep. Uh, your 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 only option is to hold it. You know, you're not able to sell against it because to be able to sell above, when to be able to sell above that shot, you wouldn't get into the definition of what a poor man's cover call is. So, if we remember what a covered call is, covered call is when you own a hundred shares of the company. And you use your shares as collateral to sell calls against it. Mm-hmm. It's a protection. If you're bearish about the, the stock that you own at the moment, if you're not bearish long term, but you're bearish because um, for this week, this week, you don't think it's going to reach a certain level and you want to collect, you want it to pay you, in other words. Mm-hmm. And you want, the, you want that asset to collect, to, to, to pay you money. And basically, it, it what it does in this essentially is it lowers whatever the cost basis that you paid for it because it's producing income. So um, you have a hundred shares of Palantir, for example, and you don't feel that it's going to reach twenty-two dollars. You can sell a call at twenty-two dollars, collect the premium for it, and if Palantir expires under twenty-two dollars, mm-hmm. you get to keep the whole premium. You know, if it goes over the $22, then you have to sell your shares to whoever bought that, that call from you. Yeah. Now a poor man's cover call, the reason why it's called a poor man's cover call, it's a play on words, but what it is, it's instead of having a hundred shares of that, that underlying, you would have a options contract. So basically you're saying, listen, I don't have a hundred shares, but I have an options contract that if I sell a call against it and I lose, I will exercise that 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 uh, long call that I have. I'll exercise that option, take those hundred shares, and sell it to you, um, who bought the call from you. So it, it, you're selling a covered call, but we call it a poor man's covered call because you're not using shares. You're just using an options contract. You're leveraging it with an options contract. So that's the definition of what a a a, a, a poor man's covered call is. Now to position yourself into a poor man's covered call. Um, if, if that's a strategy that you're going into. Personally, I think like you were saying the 70 Delta, I think that the best strategy is to go out up to a year. Um, I personally, I don't think going two years is, 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 is a great idea. Going to 2023 is not, um, it's not a, a great idea, but up to a year, you can go down to January, 2022 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And looking at 70 deltas or more, you know, if, it, if you can afford the 80 delta, better. 70 delta or more. Remember, the 70 delta in 2022 is going to have intrinsic value that you have to pay for. So even though you're, uh, let's, it, let's take an example of, 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 uh, of Neo. Um, let me share my screen here. I'm going to put the, uh, uh, what's it called? The TOS so we can look at uh, 
take a look at it. Um, for people that are not watching us, um, I'll explain what I'm look what I'm looking at. So, for example, Neo right now, if we decide that we want to go to January 2022, mm -hmm. Neo's at $33. A 70 Delta Neo call is at $27. Yes. Uh, so let's say we go to 25. $25. So $25. Neo is at $33. You're going to pay for that intrinsic value. You know, it's going to be 25 plus the intrinsic value, which is what $8 plus extrinsic value that it has, which is the time value that 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 it, 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 it still has part of that contract. You have to pay for it. So the $25 call is going to cost you $12.30. So if you add the 25 to $12, that becomes $37 in, thir in 30 cents. So that's what it costs you to get that call. So even though it's a $25 call, it costs you $37.30 to get that call. So we have to keep that in mind. So now once we buy that call and we have the time on it and we're bullish on NEO, we think it's going to go up. A way to lower your cost basis is to do the poor man's covered call. Because by buying that and then going to start selling calls on NEO, you can use your charts, you can use uh, charts for resistance, you can use market maker moves here. It says that NEO won't make it past $4 next week, May 21st. And you would go in there, uh, $4 next week is what, $37. And you can go in here and literally sell a call against that, that, uh, that strike that you bought that long call that you bought, that leads, you can sell a $37 call for $53 and collect that. Yeah. So now your, your cost basis is going from $37.50 to $3,700. Mm -hmm. It goes from $37.50 to $3,700 now. Neo, next week comes, Neo may, never makes it to $37. You keep that $53. Next week, we do the same thing. Or if you're, I do them weekly, some people like to do them monthly. Some yeah. people like doing every two weeks. It's a matter of preference. Um, I don't mind doing them weekly. So let's say now they say Neo's not gonna make it five bucks. It's 33 now, five bucks, 38. You go to 38, you sell it for 65. So now your $37 call goes down $65. It's now worth 36.40 and so on and so forth. But at the same time, if Neo is climbing, if Neo is climbing, that inch, that deep in the money call that you bought is gaining value. That deep in money call is gaining value, even though you you want it to stay under the call that you sold. Mm -hmm. So you're collecting money there, and you're making money on the rise of Neo. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, what you want to do is work on lowering your cost basis to maybe half of what you paid eventually maybe even more you and you, you paid 37 dollars for it you want to end up at a point where now you collected so much premium for, from it that it's your cost basis is down to 30 dollars but neo is at 60 you know that's the ideal ideal position that you want to be in with a poor man's covered call 
So yeah. basically it's using a Leaps contract. So just a, a, a summary, using a Leaps contract that's deep in the money to produce premium from selling calls against it. Whether you're going to use that now, once you get that premium, whether you're going to use that premium to add it to more Leaps, whether you're going to use it to buy shares of meals with it, buy shares of meal, or whether you're going to use that premium to put it into ETFs, RK, uh, uh, XLF, XLK, XLE, whatever it is, a VOO to, to, to build your to build your account. Mm -hmm. Or if you're if you want to take the premium and just transfer it to your bank account, whatever it is that you want to do with it. Yeah. That's the key. It's to be able to use a leaps contract to make passive income off of it. Because so many people, like you were saying, are buying these leaps that are so far out of the money. And all you can do is sit there and yeah, you paid a little bit for it, but just because it was cheaper does not mean that it's better. And that's something that a lot of new traders are struggling with. It's, I see people all the time. Well, you know, my account was $500. So I just bought a $100 far out of the money leaps for, you know, yeah. down the road, but I'm good. No, not necessarily. You can find better ways, find cheaper stocks, and you can use that same strategy to create that passive income because it's nice, right? How many times have you or someone you know, right, uh, uh, asking for a friend, right, who've overpaid for their leaps because they didn't realize like, oh my God, implied volatility is sky high. And so, once again, guys, before you go into any kind of buying positions, unless you are just trying to get it real quick and in and out, if you're swinging anything for more than a month, you need to be looking at implied volatility. That is like textbook rule number one before you do anything because you don't want to be that person that's overpaying for premium. Why would you pay $3,000 for a contract when you could have got it for 800 bucks? People that bought Neo at the top are feeling really dumb right now. And yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, and that's another point that we have to make is that mm -hmm. when getting it's when getting into leaps also. Um, we spoke about that also is people tend to want to buy when the stock is running. Yeah. So stock is running, stock is breaking res resistances, it's hitting high new all-time highs. And that's when people think and like, you know what, the way it's running, it's going to run like that for a year. Let me buy an out of the money leap, uh, an out of the money leaps contract that expires in 2023, way out of the money. And then it reverses. And now that leaps is, is, is way out of the money. It's you've lost half the value of that contract. I know I, I have a, 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 someone that I'm talking to. Um, literally in January, when Tesla was in the 800, almost hitting 900, he bought a $1,000 leap and Tesla expiring in July. And now we see what's happening with Tesla. So imagine now that we're two months away from that. That data is about to ramp up. Uh, and and there, I mean, unless he's a really lucky guy, we both don't see Tesla going over there anytime soon. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and whereas if, if I mean, so you, you, you have to, to get into Leap's position, you have to buy when the market is crashing, correcting. That's when you look at, it's just like if you're buying shares. If you're buying shares, and, and you know what, shout out to the Wall Street Trapper. He, 
he 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 has his he's not a technical trader. He's a fundamentals guy. Looks at modes. Looks at at, at the balance sheets, and he looks at all that. And then he has this formula. I don't know how it is. I never bought his course, but he has this formula that 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 puts him at a buying price. And he still exists. And I love this company. I love this stock. Yeah. But I'm not gonna buy it at that price. Right. I'm going to buy it. This is my target for it. Mm-hmm. And if it gets there. I'm getting into that price. But if it never gets there, it's all good. I'm not going to own that company, mm-hmm. you know? And this is how you have to look at it with leaps also. So with the Tesla, if Tesla's running and you love Tesla, whatever it is, but Tesla's running and it's at all-time high and hitting new new ceilings and everything, you have to understand that, man, getting a leaps contract right there at all-time high is risky because if it doesn't continue that run, then you're in trouble. So you have to wait when there's a pullback. There's always pullbacks. Yes. And I'm sure that now we do realize there's always pullbacks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, you 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 don't have. I mean, I'm not saying for you to be completely technical, but I, me, I'm 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 a, I'm a support and resistance guy. I have I have my daily charts and have my supports, have my resistance resistances, and I look for a key level of support there's most stocks have this level of support mm-hmm. where every time it hits it it never falls through major correction happens sell-offs markets bloody it still holds that line if i see that then that to me tells me that's a safe spot to buy a, a share shares or a leaps contract so i'll give you an example amd amd I have leaps contracts in AMD. I didn't buy them when AMD was at $90, $95, knocking on the door of $100. I do see a lot of people that have $100 leaps contracts at AMD because they bought it when it was at the $90 strike and, and hitting all time highs at that time. Yeah. That wasn't the per, per, that wasn't the time to buy it. You, you literally need for the stock to, to calm down if it's going, if it's if it's going to stay up there, then stay up there for a while before I can decide to get in. Mm-hmm. AMD AMD reversed. The market sold yeah. off in February. Big uh, there was the big uh, sell off. Um, it brought AMD all the way down to seventy three dollars. Now, at seventy three, I noticed that AMD since last August, mm-hmm. every time there's a correction and it comes down to seventy three. It never falls under 73. So once it hit 73, I bought a leaps. I bought a leaps with a strike of $70, which gave me a 70 delta position for the end of the year. So now, while there's all these bloody corrections or whatever is happening right now, I'm not making anything, but I'm not losing anything. Yeah. You know, I'm not losing anything. I'm still around the same price that I bought it at. But the beauty is because I'm so deep in the money, I'm able to sell those $80 calls and I'm able to sell those $82 calls every week. <laughs> every week, $80, $81, $82. I'm able to sell them consistently. And now a leaps contract that I paid $900 for, I've already collected about $400 in premiums from selling calls against it. So essentially it's lowered my cost basis 
from $950 or however much I paid for it down to 500 bucks. So now anywhere between 70 and 75, I'm in profit for the rest of the year. Mm. Plus those premiums, the, I was collecting the premiums and I kept buying shares of AMD as I'm collecting the premiums. So I do have a few shares of AMD that I didn't pay a dime for that leaps contract paid for them you know that leaps contract paid for them i didn't pay a dime for them um i have about uh, i think about seven shares now and every time i'm buying contract I'm, I'm selling calls and i'm collecting the premiums i add more shares to it you know you don't have to do that but i figured you know what it's paying for it i'm my goal and then and and then have a plan also yeah have a plan on where you would like to get out of the leaps. A, a leaps is, isn't a blind thing that you're going to hold all the way until expiration, unless your intent is to maybe exercise it at the end, you know? But if, you're, if, if your intent isn't to exercise it at the end, then have a price target, the AMD's at 73, all time highs around the 90, 90, 95 mark. My price target is $90. Once it gets into ninety dollars, I'm going to start looking at it to start to see if it's going to make the move towards a hundred, or if it's going to reverse back. If it's going to reverse back, I'm out. Yep. I move on to the next trade. You know. Absolutely, absolutely, and that kind of brings me to um, another another point. Actually, a couple of points. So the first one, right? You were saying that you sold every week. That's absolutely one strategy. It's a strategy that I use myself as well. But if you do some research, because I'm, I, what we want you guys to do also is after you listen to the podcast, do some research, fact check us. Like, if you don't believe it, just go do your own research and check it out. But there are also people who will do, um, who will sell a contract thirty to forty-five days till expiration. Just like we've been mentioning, that's when theta tends to ramp up. So when um, Randolph was giving the example of his friend with the Tesla contract, that's why we were saying that his contract was going to lose value so quickly. Um, another thing though, that is important and that he kind of briefly touched on is that he's not selling any strikes that are below the strike of his leaps. So just, you know, full uh, disclosure, because um, we didn't actually cover this at the beginning, but leaps are long-term equity anticipation securities, meaning an option contract with an expiration of eight months or further out Typically, though, most people say leaps mean one year out. So he's selling something that's further out of the money than the strike of the leaps contract that he purchased. Um, and the reason why is to protect himself from assignment whenever he is um, or if it happens to him. So Randolph, can you kind of briefly go over the implications of assignment and why we're not trying to sell to open a contract that is lower than our leaps? Yes. Now I have to tell you this: the, the most accounts that we have, it will not allow you to sell to open the contract lower than than uh, uh, you, you, the strike price of your leaps because it won't see it as collateral. So it, unless you have shares, it's not going to allow you to sell it. So it won't. It, if you do it in Robinhood, for example, it's just going to tell you not enough shares to, to put that order in. But but selling. The uh, by uh, assignment. So if it happens that um, uh, 
the call zooms past, like I have the EMD, I sell an $80 call and it zooms to 90. Um, where now, whoever has the $80 call that I sold decide to exercise it. So what happens is that luckily for us, um, Robinhood and the TOS, I don't know about the other brokers, we don't have to manually do it. They handle it behind closed doors. So what's going to happen is that if they're right to buy your shares um, with assignment, mm -hmm. the way it works is basically, um, luckily for us, Robinhood handles that pretty well. Mm -hmm. They're slow with it. So if you're patient with it, they're, they're going to handle it. TOS handles it behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. The same way they do it, if you already have the shares, where they would just take the shares from your account and, and pass it along. With the leaps, what they would do is they automatically exercise that leaps mm -hmm. for you to buy the for you to get the shares from that leaps contract, and then turn around and sell it to whoever bought that call that you sold. So, example with the MD leaps that I have, I have a seventy dollar strike. I sold an eighty dollar, eighty one dollar strike. So if it happens that it it zooms past it and it goes to eighty seven dollars, eighty eight dollars, then that lead, those call that call is in the money. The eighty one dollar call is in the money. So whoever has that call is going to exercise it. Once they exercise it, Robinhood or TOS will exercise my seventy dollar call, take those hundred shares, and sell it to the person that has the eighty one dollar call. So that difference is what's going to be your profit. So the eleven dollar difference mm -hmm. is the profit that is going to be deposited in your account. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but uh, I know there's some book, I don't know exactly which one that would, where it would happen where they exercise the call and then your, your account would be negative. And then you'd have to go yourself into exercising the, the leaps contract. And then once you exercise it, it's going to, to um, it's going to balance out. In other words, yeah. so it's gonna take like the like let's say let's say TOS didn't do it for me, I would it, I, the person exercises it, it's going to show negative one hundred shares AMD, and then it's gonna show positive eighty one um eighty one hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So now I would go to exercise the call, use that eighty one hundred, get the hundred shares for seven grand, and then once the shares come, my negative one hundred shares of AMD would call, go to zero. And and everything balances out. So you're left. I'm left with the eleven the eleven dollars, which is eleven hundred dollars in profit. That's exactly it. That is exactly yeah. it. So, but, but oh. with the leaps, mm -hmm. yeah, no, no. So with the leaps, the goal again, basically, um, I guess read up on it, watch some videos on it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna plug myself here. I have that <laughs> that video in the in the pro, the provider resources section. That talks about all these strategies, including uh, poor man's cover calls and diagonal spreads. And based myself, I have a, a price target that's that's pretty much set where the stock had been before because I'm buying at support. So the fact that I'm buying at support, it has a high, and I'm looking for it to make it back up to that high. Mm -hmm. You know, so with AMD, my goal is ninety. And then once it reaches that, I'm going to see if they're still buying pressure, pushing it up and take the ride up, you know, because I'm 
pretty sure that $100 is going to be a monster resistance for AMD. If it gets there, it's probably going to come back down. So my price target is going to be in that range. Once I'm sitting in that range, I'm ready to I'm ready to close that trade. If that happens tomorrow, I'm closing that leaps. You know, I'm not going to sit there and hold it and wait for uh, 100% profit there. I'm, 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 that's the price target. It gets there, I'm out. And we start something new after, you know? But uh, this is, we're, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. What is it? March 12th. Corrections <laughs> happening right now. Mm-hmm. If you have cash and you, you're bullish about a company and you've been thinking about getting in, into a position, perfect time to look into a position to get into a lease contract. You guys, a lot of people love RK. Perfect time to look at RK. And if you're really bullish on what Kathy Wood's doing or what RK is about, even if you want to do a 2023 and you know that in two years, all these stuff, however you feel, perfect time to get yourself a leaps contract where you don't go way out of the money and you get a leaps because I think it's at 90 something dollars now, $100. You're able to get maybe a $90 leaps contract, $95 leaps contract. And you'll be well positioned because if RK goes back to 140 and you bought a $90 call, you're sitting pretty. You're yeah, it's trading pretty. just, I mean, it, it, at one point it fell to a hundred dollars, but it's, it's at like 101 right now. 101. So imagine even, in, even if you're buying it, not the money one or, you know, or maybe because maybe you're not looking to go because with the leaps, you, it's not necessary that you're interested in poor man's cover call. You just want to position mm-hmm. yourself. You want to leverage a hundred shares in that company without buying a hundred shares. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So if we go, I think I still have my screen sharing here. If we go to ARC K and we see that it's at 102 and we go for a uh, $100 call in 2023 is $25. So you're paying $2,500 to leverage 100 shares at 63 Delta. That's not bad compared to buying 100 shares at uh, 102 for Mm $10,200. Exactly. It's leveraging a position. Yeah, you're leveraging a position. Now going 70 Delta is going really deep in there at $88 for three grand. That's still not bad. That's still not bad for three grand and you're at $88 or 89, whatever that is. I've never seen that. 88.96, why did they have to stress like that? Yeah, that's good. That's still, that's still a good position at $70. And you can sell calls and do poor man covered calls and lower your cost basis. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can do all that. You can do all that. But you have to be, you have to look at, I don't, I don't think buying leaps contract in strength of a stock is the best move. You have to wait for, for a pullback. You know, you have to wait for a pullback. You know that Apple reaches, has reached 140, has reached 145. You know it struggles with that line, but now Apple is down to 122. That's $20 of difference there. You know, so if you want, you get into a leaps in Apple, instead of buying a leaps at 150, buy a leaps at 120, 115. Mm-hmm. and get that intrinsic position get that intri- intrinsic value so that if apple does get back to 150 
you have that amount of money as real value, not extrinsic time, volatility, all that crap that gets clapped. Intrinsic doesn't get clapped. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. Like buying those contracts in the money, like he just pulled it up and he showed it to us. Even though they were $8,000, that's still a 20% reduction in price compared to actually buying the shares. And um, one thing that I wanted to do, yeah. Real quick, by doing that, if you buy the shares, it's all intrinsic. You're not participating if there's implied volatility that expands. If there, you know, you don't participate in the extrinsic part of it. That's the extra part of buying the buying the options contract. So implied volatility volatility goes up, your extrinsic value makes money. Time, extrinsic value has your extrinsic part of it has value. So you have more value than the intrinsic part of it only. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yep. So you want to make sure, because when you have that high delta, all that extrinsic value that you do have is going to just kind of, it, it renders away, but you have so much of the value that's intrinsic that you're in, you're in great shape. You don't have to worry about anything. So when the market does pull back very heavily, yes, you will experience some losses from intrinsic alongside your regular regular losses from extrinsic but you're not it, the price of your contracts they don't just collapse like the out of the money contracts do it's Correct. all dependent upon the price of the stock and what the stock's price is doing so if you bought it deep in the money you might get pushed a little bit further uh, out from where you were but you're still in the money you're still okay everything is good uh, uh, of course every strategy has a downside unless there's a major crash major right. correction pandemic type of crash i'm sure someone had a leaps contract before march 2020 that completely lost value tons of people yeah. got clapped in march 2020 yeah. that probably have leaps contract that were that they were ready to cash out and boom next thing you know it, everything took a nosedive and your leaps contract so that happens yeah. there's nothing you can do about that you know nothing. but the odds of that happening are slim. They are slim. If you position your, you position yourself in a, a a high probability of profit situation, mm-hmm. then corrections aren't going to stress you out. Um, like right now, I'm not stressing about my MD position, my MD position, because I've for two months I've been collecting premiums on it. I'm 70, my strike is $70. It's still what, five, $6 over my strike. I don't have to panic and stop sell, stop, put a stop on it or whatever. I don't have to do any of that. And it's still expiring at the end of the year. So data is not killing me. Nothing else, nothing's killing me. Yeah, it's like taking profit without having to sell your position. Literally, every time that you successfully close out one of your uh, short-term call positions that you sold to open, right? That's as if you took $50 and you locked it away and then another 50. So he's reduced it. Now he's taken, you know, hypothetically, 50% of the money that he put into it. He's now pulled out and it's sitting safely in shares or in his cash balance or whatever he wants to do with it. So that's kind of the idea. Yeah. But um, I wanted to show, and this is kind of like the, the really big highlight of uh, what I wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Randolph and I got a hold of Nancy Pelosi's trades that she entered into in 2021. 
we're going to read these off to you because we know that there's some people that are, um, you know, doing that are in audio and everything. And I'm going to share screen um, briefly for a moment here. And you guys, this, y'all are about to love this. All right, so here we go. And this is the first report that we've got. So if you go onto uh, the Clerk House Dis uh, Disclosures um, website, you will see all of our House of Representatives, each of the members, they have to report um, after a certain time period. I think it's like 90 days or so, but they have to report all of their trades and everything that they're getting into and out of in the market. And it's just hidden in plain sight. So we pulled up and she's been kind of busy in 2021 or her husband, right? Because he's the big investment guy. But just wanted to read off some of these positions to you. Randolph, if you will pull up the price of some of these um, companies as we talk about them, because this is going to be awesome. So Perfect. Alliance Bernstein Holdings, she bought 20,000 shares. Um, that's, you know, not really an options trade, but these three down here, Apple, Tesla, and Disney, these are her options trades that she made. So for Apple Incorporated on uh, anywhere between like basically the end of December, but uh, the 22nd is when they like she pinpointed it. She purchased 100 call options with a strike price of $100 and an expiration date of January the 21st, 2022. So, so yeah. Well, so that contract, she, it, it, the, the notification date is 1222. Mm -hmm. So that's when they they notified the, the 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 SEC or whatever it is that monitors that stuff of that trade. Yeah. On December twenty second. So let's go by December twenty second. If I go to December twenty second, twenty twenty two, to twenty twenty, I see that Apple's price was at where is it here? December. Where are we here? Apple was priced December 22nd at $130, $130. It was around there. So she bought a $100 strike when the stock was at a 130. Yep. So she bought deep in the money, <laughs> deep in the money. That's like an 85 Delta <laughs> contract there. And she spent a quarter million to a half a million on that position. They don't give an exact number. They just give you like a ballpark figure. That's a lot of money, guys. Why do you think she bought 100 call options? What could you do with 100 call options at a strike price of $100 on a stock that is 130 A lot, right? A whole lot. Next Sell up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Oh, my goodness. She could make thousands of dollars every week. Next up though, she bought some Tesla, right? Because who doesn't have Tesla in their portfolio? Me, but she- uh, Me purchased... neither. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I don't have the guts. I'm a little weenie hut junior, I can't do it. But um, she purchased 25 call options with a strike price of $500 and an expiration of March 18th, 2022, same date. And she fronted anywhere from half a million and $1 to a full million bucks for that position. Now this one, she might be getting clapped on that one because this one she bought when Tesla was on the on the on on its ascent before it went. Yeah, it went. It was going to the moon. Tesla was around six fifty when she bought that five hundred dollar call strike. And now that Tesla's under six hundred dollars, I'm sure unless in the last 
five months, they've sold so many because they've sold so many calls. They bought 25 call options. It's very possible that in the last five months, they sold so many calls against it that their cost basis have gone completely down on that, mm-hmm. you know? But at the moment, that's, that contract, $500, let me see what it's worth here. Uh, and it's expiring when? March 2022? Yep, March 18th. So that contract is worth a hundred and seventy-seven, hundred and seventy-four dollars. Wow, that's kind of cheap. And it's still at seventy delta. Wow, a hundred and a hundred and seventy-four dollars. So so seventeen thousand three hundred dollars. That's cheap for something so deep in the money. For Tesla, I'm kind of surprised. I would expect that to be at least twenty racks. Yeah, I mean, it's almost 17, it's 17, you know, it's 17 right now and she has 25 of them. Back and then it was probably 25 to 30. That's probably pro- what it was. Probably, yeah. probably. But once again, she was buying $125 in the money. That is a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot of intrinsic value. So you know she paid you know she paid for that intrinsic plus that extrinsic. So yeah, she probably paid 20 grand for that. So she might be getting clapped on that Tesla position there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Her uh the third one that she got in on this particular date was Disney. Uh she purchased 100 call options with the strike price of a hundred dollars and an expiration of January the 21st of 2022, and spent anywhere from five hundred thousand to a million dollars on that position as well all right so disney at that time disney was at 170 dollars for that contract and that options contract right now is worth when does that when does hers expire january the 21st of next year january 21st 100 dollars. that one is worth 76 80 76 80 and it's a 95 delta wow and she's probably selling calls on it. it's been chopping at 170 180 it's been chopping in that area for a while so i i know she's selling this is 100 calls i know she's selling calls against that got to got to yeah i know she's selling calls against that and earnings are happening tomorrow night disney are scheduled to blow out earnings parks are reopening yeah we it might make a run to it might make a run i mean the market's bearish now but if it, if the market wasn't bearish i would be confident that disney would be heading towards 200 bucks yeah me too i that you don't bet against the mouse there's a saying that it exists for a reason uh, disney <clears> comes <throat> out with some tricky stuff all the time and then just when you think that they can't possibly have a good earnings or pull a profit they come out with something and and it just explodes yeah so they're, they're having earnings tomorrow so we'll see what happens but yeah she's positioned she's positioned very well yeah in her in her disney positions there with a hundred dollar strike you extraordinary. know extraordinary next up so she did she's been buying a lot of alliance bernstein holdings i don't know what they are or who they are what they do um but literally i think in all in total um, between all three sheets, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 shares. She's, she's very bullish, I suppose. But this is where things get really interesting. 
So outside of, right, she purchased 10,000 shares of Roblox. But what's really interesting is that she actually exercised 250 call options on Microsoft over, um, over anywhere from one to five million times two. So like that's, that's a pretty, that's anywhere from two to $10 million worth of Microsoft. And she got the shares at a strike price of 130 and 140. And, and Amazon is at what, 230 right now? Well, M- Microsoft. Microsoft. I mean, not, not Amazon, Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. is, what, two, is at 230, 240 right now? Yeah, yeah. So, so she's sitting pretty on $100 intrinsic value on, 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 on each on each uh, share. And she has 15,000 shares, 25,000 shares. That's insanity. This is why, once again, think about the money that she could be making or that she could have made passively that now she could do just regular cover calls instead of poor man's cover calls. She's set. She's completely set. She could go so far out of the money and still be just fine. And even if she did go close to the money and get assigned, oh, boo-hoo, she got the shares at 130 and had to give them up in the 200s instead of the 210s. Like, come on, man. She's sitting pretty. She's and you know these old. I, I'm pretty sure with the with the options, she's probably selling calls or her husband's selling calls. But at at the after the exercise, they're not probably they're probably not selling calls. That's like the just sitting in the portfolio, growing and going to pass that along to their grandkids. You know what I mean? That that's what that is. Collecting. Imagine, imagine the dividend they're collecting off what's twenty thousand shares, twenty five thousand shares. Mm-hmm. What is uh, so Microsoft's dividend? With Microsoft, Microsoft's dividend is. I'll do the math. Where is it? Where is it? Microsoft's dividend is per share corporate actions. Uh, dividends fifty six cents per share. Oh no way! So and that so that means every quarter, every I suppose. Quarter. They're making $14,000 passive. Dividends for the rest of their lives. And they can just drip it (laughs) and buy more shares and drip and drip and drip. And that $14,000 could become $140,000 in no time. I don't think Nancy Pelosi's dripping. She got the money to buy. Nah, she got the money to buy stuff. So that dividend is going right into the account buying power. Make moves with it, man. Man, she could be like Buffett if she would just compound. I'm telling you, that's some pretty good stuff right there. But these are the kinds of trades that our government officials, right? Some of the most powerful and wealthy people in our nation. These are the kinds of trades that they're entering into. They're not buying these willy nilly for no reason. The amount of of financial, you know, management and professional eyes that are on this portfolio, there's a reason why they're going so deep in the money, guys. It's not, you know, to look cute. It's, there's a reason. So something to consider. I mean, of course. And, and, and the past few months I've, I've had conversations. I've saw people on Twitter. Um, I saw someone post that they would never buy in a leaps at the money. They would, they're always going out of the money. I mean, I'm not knocking anyone's strategy. If that's the strategy that works for you, all good. 
but personally, I, you got to give yourself a chance there. It, it, and the best chance is, is to be at the money or better yet, in the money. Basically, it's, it's a stock replacement type of deal. Remember that a 70 Delta, it's going to move like you own 70 shares of that company. You know what I mean? So if you have a 70 Delta, 75, 80 Delta, it's moving like you own that amount of shares. Every dollar that, that stock gains, you're gaining $80. You know what I mean? So of intrinsic value. So it's, it's you, you got to position yourself where you can now use that deep in the money call and create more income from that asset, not coming out of your pocket. You're, like, like the thing I did with AMD where you're buying shares with the premiums. Yeah. Again, I didn't, I didn't come out of pocket to buy shares of AMD. I just let AMD buy me shares of AMD. You know, it's like a drip type of thing. If you want to think about it, it's like having a dividend and you, it's dripping and you, you don't collect the dividend. You just let it drip and it's just getting you fractionals of that company. Yeah. You know, it just keeps adding fractionals and keeps trash adding fractionals. So that's, that's one, I, that's one way to use it. You can, you can use the premium and, and put it. And one thing, one more thing I wanted to add. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I'm not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. I'm, I'm none of that. So okay. definitely think about that where these are taxable events. So selling calls, collecting, collecting income. You're, it's a taxable event. So I know that a lot. Of, I've, I haven't done it myself. I'm considering moving my lease to a Roth IRA. I'm doing the research, trying to figure out how that works. But I've read and spoken to people that the lease and, 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 th and, and things like that, they do it in a Roth IRA, IRA where they buy the lease, sell covered calls against it in that Roth IRA, and use that premium and put them into ETFs. And they do it in Roth IRA, IRA and I guess that helps with the taxes. Yes. You know, I yes. guess that helps with the taxes. Again, I'm not versed on, on taxable events, the taxes and things like that, but I have seen and read of people that use the poor man's covered call, but they use it inside of a Roth IRA for tax purposes. Yes, I've heard of that as well. Never tried it myself. I don't have one set up, but, and I'm not a financial yeah. advisor either. Lord have mercy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, definitely something worth researching because it would be, you would save yourself a tremendous amount on capital gains. Because when I got that tax bill this year, oh, Lord have mercy. I had a little heart palpitation for a minute there. I was like, ooh, Jesus. But it's all good. Yeah, it's it's part of the game, you know. It's yeah. part of the game. You gotta be ready with it. That's why I mean I'm not scrambling to get into a Roth IRA, but it's it's something that I'm looking at that maybe I might add to my to my uh, strategies to my arsenal, um, and 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 keep some stuff not taxed. Mm -hmm. But listen, you make ten bucks, you have to pay the government three. All good. I still made seven bucks. I don't have a problem. Exactly. I don't have a problem with that. You know, yeah. if I make 10, if I make 10K, I got to give you 10, 3K, I still made 7K. I'm not worrying about the 3K that I'm going to have to pay you. I'm good with the seven. Thank you. Yeah, still up. <laughs> still up. You know, but yeah, so that's four minutes covered call strategy with the diagonal spread. So again, to reiterate, 
the real name of the strategy is diagonal spread, but it's just that you don't do it at the same time. You buy a leaps, which is your far out, your, your further expiration in the money call, and you're selling near term expiration calls against it. Yeah. And by doing that, you're creating a diagonal spread. You're creating a diagonal spread, but but in the uh, online on uh, uh, Reddit, it's referred. Well, not, not even Reddit. I, I've seen it everywhere on uh, on CNBC. I've seen it everywhere. It's a poor man's covered cost uh, strategy. Yep, yep, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, and so, if you guys have any questions or there's anything that you don't understand. Like we say in every episode, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to make some Q&A sessions and, you know, we'd love to talk to you guys and clarify anything that doesn't make any sense. But sit down with this, read some material, watch some videos and just kind of immerse yourself in using leaps to create passive income and see how that works for you and see if it fits into your particular account size, risk tolerance and strategy. And with that being said, guys, that is episode number three. And you'll want to join us. We're going to be back with some more heat coming up soon. We're going to talk about calendars. 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 One of my favorites. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, guys, we will see you again soon. It's been great. It's been real. And stay tuned for a great episode. All right. Peace.